All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Weekly Hot Roots. Uh, if you haven't started following us already, please feel free to follow us on uh, Instagram to get some uh, to get some other clips from the episode. And you know, we post a few times a week, so please follow us and support us. Anyway, JD, how you doing this week, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Survived the COVID scare. I am nice and healthy. I got to work all week, so I feel good just because of that. <laughs> Great. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The show must go on. Anyway, um, so we've got a little bit to work with this week in terms of NFL news, right? We at least got a little more than last week. Yeah. So let's see. Let's start it off. Um, we'll also have someone joining us, one of JD's friends at some point, to talk about uh, his favorite team, the Seahawks. So whenever he chimes in, we'll just drop whatever we're talking about and pick it back up afterwards. Anyway, let's take a look. Um So some of the biggest news this week, obviously, you got Jamal Adams. There were always trade rumors here and there, but he has officially requested a trade, basically like giving up on trying to sign an extension with the uh, Jets. So I'm sure we'll get in on that a little bit, get into some of the nitty-gritty detail. Uh, There were a couple key injuries. Brandon Brooks, uh, a guard for the Eagles, is uh, out for the entire season. So that's a Huge loss for their O-line and trying to keep Carson Wentz upright. And then also um, Debo Samuel broke his foot and is going to be out for roughly three to four months, although he claims he could be back in 10 weeks. So uh, we'll see how much of a role that'll play. You got Josh Gordon submitting his letter for reinstatement. Uh, Hoping the best for that guy, and I would love to see what team he ends up with. And then let me think, anything else? Oh, yes, of course you have the – You got the COVID scares, a handful of Cowboys and Texans players, apparently, including Zeke Elliott, tested positive. And a a 49er. Yep, I was just about to say that as of yesterday, they also said a 49er tested positive for COVID-19. So uh, you got all that going on. Uh, JD, where you want to start with all that information? This is probably the most news we've had to work with in like a month. (laughs) Let's just start with the Jamal Adams, because it's the hottest topic, I think. Uh, I was afraid you'd say that. Ah, that's just... I have no interest. You asked me. I, I, I have no interest in Jamal Adams is the problem. He's got two years left on his deal. I don't know why he's trying to get greedy and all, already demanding a trade or a contract extension when he still has two years to go in his rookie contract. Like, not even Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack did this. They held out and demanded new contracts four years in. Jamal Adams thinks he's good enough to ask for it he is good enough no he's if Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack weren't Jamal Adams is not he's the best safety and he wants his money give him it pay the man uh I'm go ahead the other problem with him requesting a trade is that who the heck is going to give the Jets enough to make it worth their while the Jets still have two years of an underpaid Jamal Adams not just one two so why the heck would they want to trade him for like anything less than a couple first rounders or something? I mean, they are uh, ugh, they are asking for more than a first rounder, um, which is obviously not surprising. Um, but if they if they really don't think they're going to resign him, um, I probably wouldn't do it this year. But I definitely think about trading him next year. Yeah, um, but if if you trade him with only a year left on his deal, all of a sudden, then you got to trade him to someone that he's extremely likely to sign an extension with otherwise the team's not going to be willing to give you much for just one year of Jamal Adams like the like the Cowboys um if they were to go for Jamal Adams I see like a lot of Cowboys fans saying go for Jamal Adams like yes that would be huge and it might put us over the edge for the next couple years but that would absolutely be just renting a player because assuming we sign Dak we will not have the cap space to even come close to signing Jamal Adams to an extension yeah but Jamal Adams has said the seven teams he's listed, he won't demand a new contract if he gets traded to those teams. Like he'll 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 be fine waiting out his two years. He better be fine waiting out his two years. He better deal with it. What are the seven teams? I know there was Cowboys, it's, Eagles, okay. Niners. It's Cowboys, Eagles, Niners. Um, I must have the Eagles again. It's the Ravens. Yep. The I believe it's the 49ers. Yep, you already said the 49ers. Come on. Man. I did? Yes. Okay. It, it's Ravens, Cowboys, Chiefs. Chiefs, there Niners, you go. Seahawks. Seahawks, okay. Texans, Eagles, and, and Bucks. The Bucks. okay. I guess that makes sense with Brady. You said Eagles probably like four times, but I'll forgive you. Um, yeah, I know I did. 
which one of those teams should be willing to give up the most for Jamal Adams? Because I would almost argue it's the Cowboys just because of how bad our secondary is and how good the rest of our team is. But who do you think should be willing to give up the most? Um, I think the Cowboys should, like you said, but also think that the Bucks could. If they're really – they seem to have this two-year window regardless because that's what their Tom Brady's contract is on. Yep. Um, so if they really want to go all in, obviously they've loaded up their offense. But their defense is still – it's still – it's it's not bad, but I'd say it's lacking in errors, namely the secondary like the Cowboys. Well, here's here's the problem with him going to the Bucks. I think it's pretty much impossible because of how big their salary cap is. They don't have the money to even, like, hold Jamal Adams on his current deal. They do not have 8 to $9 million to commit to somebody unless they trade away one of their more expensive pieces. And I don't know why – the uh, Jets would want to trade for someone that has an even bigger contract than Jamal Adams currently has. They literally have only like a few million dollars left in cap space. They would have to drop someone like, I don't know, everyone near the top of their payroll actually kind of deserves to be there. There's no one really worth cutting unless they want to ditch like Nadamakin Sue maybe, but they just signed him to that one-term contract. So I can't, they just can't afford, um, they can't afford him even on his cheap rookie deal. So I don't think that's worth talking about. I mean, ultimately, I like you said, I don't expect him to be traded to really anyone, let alone these teams. But, you know, I still think that they – obviously, he would be a great addition to any team. And I think this team should be willing to give up a pretty good amount for him. I'm not saying – like, a couple of years ago, the Cowboys offered – or the Cowboys didn't offer. The Jets wanted a first and Zach Martin from the Cowboys for Jabal Adams. Oof. Which I'm like, that was just not happening at all. That is way too much to give up for Jamal Adams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, put yourself. You're a Cowboys fan. As a Cowboys fan, what's the most you would be willing to give up for Jamal Adams? A first, maybe plus a player, but I'm not sure what player I'd be willing to give up. I'd have to look more into like, the player that I always toss out there that you've said absolutely no to, but I would be willing to think about. I would be willing to think about giving up a first rounder and Michael Gallup. That's what every Cowboys fan on Twitter says. Michael Gallup is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. I, I know he's good. It's just if, if CeeDee Lamb can be all he's cracked up to be, then that's then Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb is, is a just fine one-two wide receiver duo. So, like, well, it, I mean, the thing is, with that trade, you're giving up a first and a player. Um, they're both going to run out of their contracts. Actually, I guess technically, no, Gallup, they'll, they'll run out of their contracts at the same time. So, it's not like it's not like your argument can be, oh, well, we won't be able to assign Gallup, so we might as well get Adams. Like, I'd rather have that first rounder and Gallup than Jamal Adams, no Gallup, and no first rounder. Yeah, I don't think anything really makes sense unless we. I mean, that's the that's the trade that makes the most sense to me. Otherwise, I don't know what the Jets would even like think about taking on. So, like, a, two first round picks is too pricey for me. A first and a second, I'm not convinced the Jets would go for. And then every other like top player we have is making like top player money except for obviously like Leighton Van Der Esch besides him like every one of our top players is making top player money so I don't know why the Jets would want to trade for those big contracts well I mean like I said they wanted Zach Martin who's obviously a great player but he does have a big contract I don't think they if they if they were offered the right person and he had a big contract I think they'd still take it assuming they're you know cap allows but yeah it's just it's <sighs> pretty unlikely that it'll happen regardless yeah i mean just going off of the teams you listed off like that he's willing to be traded to i'm looking at like cap space starting for 2022 which obviously is like just a huge speculation and everyone's got a ton of money because they don't have many players signed but in terms of the teams with the most uh the most cap space available in 2022 so like the teams that don't have very many long-term deals yet there's, like, no one in the top ten that he was willing to go to. The highest team is the Seahawks. The, the Seahawks probably have the most money. Seahawks and Ravens have the most money of those seven teams listed. Uh, well, the the, the Ravens won't once they sign Lamar. Exactly, yeah. The Seahawks, uh, so 
but does it make sense for him to go to the Seahawks? I mean, I don't think Jamal Adams puts them over the over the top, you know? They're not all of a sudden competing for a Super Bowl just because they get Jamal Adams, I don't think. Well, they've been consistently in the playoffs. I just don't know if Russell Wilson has enough to work with to carry that offense. So the defense, I feel, would have to be top-notch because it's basically Russell Wilson, and then he's got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. But once again, no running back and an average O-line. What do you mean? He does have a running back. Chris Carson is not a bad running back. He's not a good – we've been over this. He's not a good running back either. We're just used to the Seahawks having absolutely nothing at running back. So all of a sudden, Chris Carson seems like a godsend. The Seahawks have just neglected the O-line so much that – that could be true. That could be true. But I'm still not calling Chris Carson but a top if you, 10 running back. If your back argument is the Seahawks need defense, then getting Jamal Adams just makes sense because he's a defensive player and he's a big playmaker. So are you saying the Seahawks is probably the team it makes the most sense for at this point? I don't, I don't think they're the team that makes the most sense, but it would be good for them. You know, what's funny is we will have a, one of your friends on any second, hopefully, to uh, give his own opinion yeah. on that. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, well, now we're just kind of waiting out till he joins us. I'm not going to move on to a new topic with just seconds remaining, but I, that'll be good to ask him once he comes on because there's very few teams that are capable of – that are there's very few of those teams that he lists that would be capable of signing him to an extension. Cowboys aren't. Eagles definitely aren't. Ravens probably won't be once they sign Lamar Jackson to the big deal. Um, the Chiefs won't be. The 49ers might – that's an interesting one, 49ers, because they'll be rid of I don't, I don't know, man. They got a lot of big guys coming up, too. They do, but, like, Garoppolo's contract will be up eventually. Like, because we're talking two years down the line. Garoppolo will have, like, one year left on his deal. And, oh, looks like uh, your friend joined. J.D., how you doing? Hello, Jacob? Yo, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Pretty good. You you got pretty good timing. We were just talking about uh, we were talking about Jamal Adams and the trade rumors and how one of the teams he's willing to go to is the uh, Seahawks. How would you feel about the Seahawks trading for Jamal Adams? Oh, the, you know what? Look, if if we got Jamal Adams, I would be I'd be ecstatic. I really would. I think he'd really help shore up the secondary. Um, I think that's one of the main areas of help that we needed as far as uh, addressing this season. I think we were kind of lacking as far as you know, our secondary depth and our help. So I think having like an elite playmaker like a Jamal Adams to help replace like what Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas brought to us a couple years ago, that'd be great. And uh, yeah, that if he, if he came, I'd be ecstatic. I don't know how, how we'd work it out. But, I was about uh, to say, we'll off see. the top of your head, what would you be willing to uh, give up for Jamal Adams? That That's a really good question. Um I would I would have to delve into my picks, and honestly, I'd be willing to go into some of my tight end depth because we have we have some nice tight end depth. We have some r- nice running depth, running back depth now too. So I think I'd have to get into that a little bit. But I don't know. I feel like the the asking price might be a little too high because I know the Jets they want a lot for him. Uh, well, so, because he's got two years left, like it only makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. It, it makes sense, but I don't know. I don't know if we'd be willing to get it done. Like, I don't think he's gonna come to us. Uh, but it, you know, if he does, again, that that'd be great. I mean, me and JD pretty much agreed. He probably shouldn't be going to anyone with their asking price being as high as it is since he has two years. He should left, still go so. to Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. no, we 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 do, we do not want him uh, on the Cowboys at all. Let's let's try to keep that from happening as much as possible. What do you mean? But but oh well, JD, we don't we don't trust me. The world is better off with him not on the Cowboys. Although I I have a sinking suspicion that he's going to end up there. I just I hope not. But he's yeah, coming. No, we can't no, afford no. it. We can't. We can't. I want to be. I want to be done talking about Jamal Adams. We can't afford it. Almost no one can afford it at this point. He's going to be a Jet for the next year. People can quote me on that one. He's a Jet. Let's let's move on from that. Uh, JD, why don't you ask Jacob uh, our first question for him? All righty, all righty, all righty. I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry. All right. So, what did you think of the Seahawks season last year? And obviously, they're um, early exit in the playoffs. Well, look, you know, the Seahawks are a team that we're going to we're going to win games. We're going to win a lot of games, but they're going to be close. And like we're not going to blow you out. We're going to we're going to let you stay in the game, but we're going to find a way to win it in the end. And like that's something that frustrates me 
to no end. Because, I mean, looking back at our, our season last year, I mean, we had almost all our games were one-score games. And, like, even the first week of the season, we beat the, the Bengals by a point. And it was, it was just like it, – it, it was disgraceful. You had people saying, oh, the Bengals might be good this year, and we all know where that went. So the, the Seahawks, like, we could have won more games than we won, but also lost a lot more than we lost. So as far as expectations, I think we kind of, kind of lived up to them. I think we could have beaten Green Bay that last game. I really do. Um, I think the, 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 the Eagles win wasn't the best. I heard people saying, oh, if Carson Wentz hadn't gone down, they would have won. No, I don't think so. I think we would have had him anyway. But I think that – I think we definitely could have beaten Green Bay. I think we could have beaten the Niners too. I'm telling you right now, I'm not scared yeah. of the Niners at all. I'm not scared of the Niners at all. We almost, we almost swept them last year. We should have swept them last year. I think we could have taken them in the playoffs. Like I think the Seahawks getting hot are one of the most dangerous teams in the, in the NFC – and I think last year it could have happened, but it just it wasn't meant to be. Um, but who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens this season if we if we have one. If we have one, don't talk like that. Come on now. Well, I <laughs> you know my my hope is waning. I just I don't know how it's going to work, especially if we see like another wave of the virus. I don't I don't know, but we'll see. I I hope I hope I hope we do. We'll we'll talk about more COVID possibilities as we get closer to the season. But you know what? The NFL doesn't want to talk about it right now, and neither do I. So uh, yeah, moving on. Agreed. Uh, how do you feel about this off season so far? You know the uh, draft class that me and JD were looking back on. We're like we don't know any of these guys, honestly. And the free agent signings are. Maybe in the Seahawks' case, non-signings. Uh, how have you been feeling about this off season? Yeah, this off season to me has been mediocre. I don't think it's been terrible, but it's been kind of like okay, like. Have we addressed any super glaring needs? Not really. Like, I think our biggest issue was our pass rush. And I feel like they tried to address that in the draft, but I just wasn't seeing that much. Um, but the things that I did like about the offseason, I did like the the Greg Olson pickup. I think that definitely helped solidify the tight end position. Again, his issue is just health. Like, this man, he just can't stay healthy, and that, that's a really big issue. Well, that's not your um, only risk at tight end. Uh, one of your other tight ends is apparently broke his foot in a recent I, I heard about that. That, yeah. that was our – I think that was our third rounder. He yep. fractured his foot yesterday. That was – that's a tough one to deal with. But we still have Hollister. Like, we've still got – we still have a couple other options. So, hopefully, again, the depth that we have in that position, uh, hopefully that holds. But, you know, having Olsen there, if Olsen is able to stay healthy, he'll be productive. And I, and I, and I think he'll definitely be a good security blanket for Russell. Um, I also like the Carlos Hyde pickup. I think that kind of helps solidify the running back position. I know our two, like, main backs – have they went out at the end of the, the year last year? I think that's one of the reasons why we started losing games towards mm-hmm. the end of last season. It's just our running game was just not what it was. Um, so I think having Carlos Hyde with the group, I think it really helps. I like that. I like that signing. We've revamped our O line a little bit. I think that that we'll see how that works. I think again, COVID uh, taking away practice time uh, from the players and and especially with an O line where you have to gel and you just have to work together a lot, like. Not having that practice time is gonna is gonna take away from their product productivity, but we'll see. We'll we'll see how that works out. So, uh, as far as the off season, it's been okay. I think really the the biggest measuring stick will be the season, obviously. Uh, but we'll we'll see how it is. I haven't been particularly moved, but I haven't been like, oh, this is a failure of an off season. Like it hasn't been all bad. So so we'll see. We'll see. So do you think that the the Seahawks need to resign? Um... Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. I, think I would love I really want us to get Jadavian Clowney back. I don't know why. I mean, I know why. It's kind of money issues and all that. He's asking for a lot. But I think him, he really made a huge impact for us last year. I think bringing him back would just help bring our pass rush back to where it needs to be. I think bringing him back would be great. Also, if Josh Gordon gets reinstated, I want him back too. Like, you know what? Let's do it. You know what? If we need Antonio Brown, I'm sorry. Listen, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be too opposed to it. Like, he's an elite bat. He's, a, he's an elite wideout. And nobody wants him. Like, Pete Carroll and the culture that he's the Seahawks have. Huh? He's lost his mind. Oh, well, well, listen, it, he, he can still play at the end of the day, and I think that's what matters. I think, I think that the culture that we have is one that's capable of, of, of 
accommodating him. But at the same time, seeing what happened in New England did kind of like switch my mind a little bit on that. So we'll see. Don't but, talk to me about culture with a team led by Pete Carroll. Uh-uh. Don't talk Oh, what, what, what's wrong with Pete? Pete Y'all Pete are too young to remember all the USC stuff and crap that went on and Pete Carroll just jumping ship on all that stuff right when uh, they had to deal with the repercussions. Uh-uh. I'm never going to forgive him for that. That was a weak move, and I, I just don't like him after that. Y'all don't even hardly remember that. That was like yeah, – I don't know why we Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't know about that, but – I'm all right, look it you. up, Youngins. Just look it up. Ugh. And we're all done with this. Oh, rude. Oh, my goodness. No, I'm but I, I, guy the group. I, I just think I think that with with the Seahawks, once he took over, I think it's just changed the culture of the team. And it's made us a perennial contender at the very least. And I think that – Perennial playoff loser. <laughs> well, we've, we have two Super Bowl periods. Those should have been both Super Bowl wins, right? And, and, and you know, I, just, I don't think it's been all bad. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If we could get Jadavian Clowney, that'd be great. If Josh Gordon gets reinstated, let's please bring him back. I think we could really use him. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Just for uh, che- fact checking purposes, uh, the tight end that got injured, Colby Parkinson, he was in fact a uh, fourth round pick, not a third. Just gonna throw uh, that out there, make sure we keep okay. that legit. Yep. Um, Man, the Seahawks have a lot of tight ends on their roster. They got we sure they got do. him. They got Greg Olson. They got Jacob Hollister. And yep. then, sound like the Bears. And then way down at the four and five slot, they still have Will Disley and Luke Wilson. Exactly. Uh, someone's getting cut among – multiple guys are getting cut among that. Group. Yes. That's no, not all of them are making the team. What is – okay, back to the Jay Davion Clowney thing real quick. What is the most you would be willing to pay him per year? What kind of deal are you willing to sign Jay Davion Clowney to? Well, what's he asking for? Because I wasn't sure as far as, like, what he wanted. Because I know it was, like – it was a lot. Yeah, at first he was asking for $20 mil a year. He's brought that down to, like – 17 i want to say but i don't know that anyone's offered him more than like 14 yet maybe 15 i don't know but he's definitely asking for between 15 to 20 million yeah that's 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 a lot i'd be willing to do 15 million for him like i feel like especially since he's gotten no other offers like if i gave if i was willing to give him 15 million a year i feel like that's pretty reasonable i'm not gonna go 20 but 15 15 i i think i could do um but we'll, we'll we it depends it would it would depend but I'd be willing to do fifteen if I'm the Seahawks. The problem is I don't it. think the Seahawks can do fifteen million. They would have to cut someone that's yeah. a few million dollars to make room for. I think they have like thir- just based on their like projected top fifty one. I think they have roughly like thirteen to fourteen million in cap space left. So it'd okay. be like really tight, and they'd probably have to make a tough cut or two. I don't know where it would happen. Maybe exactly B J Finney at center or something. Cut Russell Wilson. I don't know. Yeah, cut Russell Wilson. Woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you go to the Cowboys. Hollister, y'all got too many tight ends. I mean, maybe just cut Jacob Hollister if you're if you think Greg Olson and this new pick are going to be good. I don't know. It's well. I it's mean, again, we need the we need the we need the injury security. Hollister was pretty solid for us last year. I'd love to keep him on board, but again, you know, not all of them are going to make the team. And we've got what five tight ends now. Like it's it's a lot. So yeah, w- w- we'll see. We'll see what happens. I just you know. If we could make a way to bring back Jadavian, that would be that would be what I would want. But I understand. I mean, I know they want him back, but they just haven't been able to make the money work. So his his asking price is going to have to come down. Otherwise, I just I'm not sure if I'm seeing it. But I'm telling you, this just feels like such a Dallas move. I'm, it really does. I uh, I I pray. It doesn't what is happen. wrong? We're already paying Demarcus Lawrence. Now you think we want to pay Jadavion Clowney too? I think we need to redirect you real quick. I, I, mean, it would, I think we just don't have the money. But yeah, know. that's the one problem with it. it's not the fact that we have endless D line guys already. No, yeah. let's just add one more. God. Yeah, you guys, well, you have well, endless D line guys. Endless D line guys who aren't even like all reinstated yet. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm optimistic. That's that's the Cowboys for you. You you guys. Oh. Half your team is going to be suspended. That's just how it is. And what do you mean? That's you, like the new. That's like the, the Giants and the Cowboys in that term. Well, you guys, you guys just have so many issues with player eligibility. Like I don't know what it is, but there's always going to be something. That's why I love the Cowboys because they get in their own way. They cannot stay out of their own way, and, and I, I love it. I love it. The collapse is. Oh, oh. But we're not talking about them right now. We're not talking I was about going to say right we are not talking about <laughs> the freaking. Freaking Cowboys. Moving on. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> he's a little, he's a little um, feisty today. 
I mean, y'all think the Cowboys are going to sign everyone in the world. When's the last time, like, we made a really big free agent signing? Like, come on. This isn't something the Cowboys do regularly. They're not the New York Yankees. That's just because we draft well. Anyways, you guys do draft well, but okay, okay. All right, moving on. All right, mm-hmm. DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Um, oh, yeah. Great year he had last year. I think he surprised everyone, even the optimistic people. Yeah. But uh, there's still doubts on him. You know, people don't know really how good of a route runner he is. He obviously has great hands and can jump and is ridiculously fast. But uh, yeah. what are what are you hoping out of him this year? You know, can he be a top 10 wide receiver or is he just kind of like a 1B kind of wide receiver? I think I think DK absolutely has the the ability to be a top wideout in this league. I think that uh, he he last year again we saw a lot of flashes, we saw a lot of good things from him. But again, the route running was an issue, and a lot of thing. And the other thing for me was the ball security. I saw some drops that I shouldn't have seen. I saw some fumbles that I shouldn't have seen. And the reality of the situation is that's what really needs to be cleaned up for him to be a top wideout in the league. And I think again the 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 virus and just not having the practice time that you normally would have, I think that's going to negatively affect him in that area. I'm sure he's doing workouts, but it's not going to be the same as actual team, you know, workouts with you know with Russell, with the quarterbacks, with the other wideouts. So you know, again, I just would love to see him clean that up a little bit. I think if he does that, he really could be a top wideout in this league. And you know, I I I I think again when he when we picked him up last year, I was I was. Really, really happy about that. He slid to us, and he turned out to be a great pick. So we'll we'll see if he continues to develop. But I do think he has that potential to be a top wideout. Just um, adding numbers to everything Jacob has said. He had, according to this one site on Spot Track, he had three fumbles and eight drops last year. And what I think is also a low a, a low number. He only caught fifty eight percent of the passes. Uh, thrown his way now i don't know for a fact but i want to say that that's not very good well yeah the thing with that um statistic is it's not he didn't catch but he had catchable balls it's like every ball that he was targeted on yeah no of course like evans last year only caught 50 percent of the balls he was targeted yeah of course but i just want to say like that's probably not the one of the better percentages in the NFL, but I could be wrong. Mm. Yeah, it's not great, but you'd have to factor out like the the uncatchable balls that are just thrown in his vicinity. But that's you know that that's hard to quantify. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It, he's just built so differently than a lot of the top receivers we're watching today. You know, Antonio yeah. Brown, even though we don't watch him anymore. Uh, Michael Thomas, yeah. Julio Jones. Uh, he's kind of Julio. DeAndre Hopkins. He, yeah, but he's faster than Julio ever was, and Julio is still a far, far better route runner than DK Metcalf can ever oh, be. Definitely. All like, well, all yeah. four of the guys I just named—they're not known for their speed or their jumping ability, even though they're decent in all parts. They're really yeah. known for their route running, and that's just something DK Metcalf is never going to be known for. So the question is, will he really become a top five, top ten wide receiver? Is he just kind of like a, you know, one B? Like, oh, I'm just as good as this other top receiver on my team, you know? But right. Either way, he's going to be one of the biggest steals for the next three years, money-wise. He's only going to be like a one to one point five million dollar cap hit each of the next yep. three years, so uh, that's going to be glorious for y'all. Yep. JD, what else you got? All right, all right. What else do I have? You suck at this transition, bro. He sure does. He really does. got to work on it. I, I said you look nicely, and you're like, I'm not ready. It, it, yeah, like, come hey, on, dude. Do that, better. Man. Do better. Anyways, anyways. So, do you have a prediction for the Seahawks this upcoming season, like, record-wise? All right, so I looked at the schedule, and I'm telling you, every single game is winnable. Like, there's not one game. The Seahawks do not have a hard schedule, man. Yeah, like, we have, a, we have a nice strength of schedule. It's not too bad. Every single game that I see there is winnable. I mean, the toughest team we're playing is the Niners, which, I mean, they're they're good, obviously. Like, they, they had a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl. But, again, like I said before, I think we match up well against them. I think we, ha- we had them twice last year. We al- Well, we almost had them twice. And I, I just, you know, I think we could get them. So, I looked at the schedule and I said 12-4 and four is, like, is pretty reasonable to ask for. But I also saw I also saw some games that if they went our went the wrong way, could 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 go negatively for us. So I I saw a lot of I could see eight and eight being the bottom, but I don't think we're gonna be like that. That's just not us. I think I think I think a twelve and four, eleven and five. I think that's kind of a realist realistic expectation. But what I really want is for us to get past past the second round 
tired of these first round exits or just not making it past the second round. I'd love to get to the NFC Championship this year, but it'll be different with only one, uh, only one, one team getting a bye. And so we'll see how it goes. But I, I'm, I'm looking, you know, really 12 and four, 11 and five. So kind of around where we were last year. But I just want better games from us, better, better wins. I don't want these close games against teams that have no business being in the game with us. I want these. I want solid wins. And I want better performances. And I think if I get that, we have a solid shot at, at going far. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I, I do have high expectations. So I think it's all about uh, how you do against your own division. Because obviously you have a beautiful schedule getting to face both the NFC East and AFC East. Like you can't yeah. ask for much more this year. But, oh, you yeah. know, the 49ers are great. And the Cardinals and Rams, even though you should be favored in every game against them, neither of those teams are a pushover. Like you do not exactly. have a pushover team in your entire division. So it's like, will you go five and one in your division or will you go like an average three and three? You know, it can, right. go, it can go either way. But uh, do you think they're going to beat out the 49ers for the for the West? Or do you think you'll be a wild card team again? And standings will look pretty similar to last year. Well, again, I think it's going to come down to like it did last year, the final week or two of the season. Because we're playing them the last game of the season. That'll I think that, yeah, that's going to be a great clincher again, a, a great final game. I think it, I think we're going to have similar records. I really do. Because they have, you know, their strength of schedule is not that much worse than ours. I mean, they, we play the same two divisions. I think they just have a couple harder, harder opponents. Um, but we, uh, you know, I think we're going to have a similar win total and then it'll come down to those fi- that last week or two of games. I think that last game specifically that might determine who who comes out with the division. So we'll see. I think this. I think our division is the toughest in football. There's not a single team that's just like trash. Like the Rams, you know, they're not what they were two years ago, but they're still solid. I think the Cardinals are a playoff team this year. I think they've done a lot to improve. I can't wait to see what Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins do. And then of course you have the Niners and just. From solidifying that defense even more, uh, we'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo can get it done when it counts. But you know, I, I I don't have I don't have much doubt in the Niners. I really don't. I just think we do match up against them well, and I think we can pull it out. But we'll see. I won't be surprised if we get swept by the Niners this season. I wouldn't be surprised if we swept them. So I think we'll split. But again, we'll see how it goes. I think I think it's going to come down to that last week as far as who takes that, who takes the division. But we'll see. It'll be interesting. It sure will. All right. We appreciate it, Jacob. We appreciate it, buddy. Have a good day. All right. You too. Thanks for having me on. All right. See ya. All right. All right. Well, JD, that was a, that was interesting. I think he might've been one of your most realistic friends so far. At least he said it's possible y'all gets, they get swept by the 49ers and he wasn't predicting like a crazy 14 and two season or anything. Well, that's what, I don't know if they do 12 and four, but I mean, I, I was, I would, I don't think they're a 12 and four team, but I think they could have a 12 and four schedule. You know, if they can go at least four and two, I don't think it's out of the question for them to go 12 and four overall. Like who are they going to lose to the, the Patriots? Are they going to get upset by the Falcons or the Patriots in the first two weeks? I would hope not. I mean, Bills, Vikings, Cowboys, I'm sure they'll lose at least one of them, but I expect them to be able to – maybe they'll lose two. I don't know. If they lose two of them, maybe they'll just be 11-5 and five then. But uh, they – listen, uh, one of their – listen to this five-game stretch. Cardinals, Eagles, Giants, Jets, Redskins. Like, bruh. And on either side of that five-game stretch, they also got the Rams, who aren't looking great this year. So, I mean, that could be – like a six or seven game win streak there if, if they don't I, I, underperform. I, don't I mean, the Eagles are part of a fight. The Cardinals are part of a fight. It is at Philadelphia, but uh, speaking of the Eagles, one of the other things we could talk about, maybe something that'll stop them from being big competition to teams like the Seahawks. They uh, lost Brandon Brooks to uh, an Achilles injury, I think it was, for the entire season. What do you think that's going to do to them? That'll be a big loss, especially because – Jason Peters isn't on their team anymore either. So that's oh, yeah. two of the four big boys that are not on the team. Yeah, plus we've seen that Carson Wentz needs to stay upright, needs to stay healthy much these first few years. And uh, Brooks is a key cog in that offensive line. So it'll be interesting to see how they try to replace him because that's a pretty big loss and kind of turns one of their strengths into just kind of like an average-looking section now. Yeah, I don't know what they really can do in terms of, like, signing stuff to replace him because cap-wise. 
They have cap room this year. It's just the next few years where they have nothing because of so many guys getting like increased numbers next year. Like, like their big contracts come into play, like uh, Carson Wentz and stuff. The Eagles um, might sign Peters because he said that he wants to move the guard if it would like elongate his um, longevity playing wise. Yeah, they could sign someone to a one year deal. It's not. It's not out of the question. It would have to be kind of like, okay, fill in for Brandon Brooks while he's gone kind of thing. Because currently on their O-line, they got uh, they got Lane Johnson at right tackle and Kelsey at center, of course. But their guards are weak in general. You know, they got Brooks, who's injured. And so now their remaining top guards are like Isaac Samalo and Matt Pryor, probably, unless there's someone even further down that I don't know about on this. Yeah, those aren't the best options. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, we'll see what Miles Sanders can do. Fortunately for him, he loves to kind of run it out wide when he can. So maybe Miles Sanders will be able to uh, escape with that. But it uh, makes me happy as a Cowboys fan. I'll say that much. Indeed, it does. What about the uh, other main injury this week? Uh, let's see, who was it? Uh, guy who just had his rookie year on the Niners. Why am I forgetting? Debo Samuel. Thank you. I wanted to say Curtis Samuel, and I knew it wasn't. Debo Samuel's injury, do you think uh, that's of any relevance? Well, assuming he's he's telling the truth in his I'll be back by the start of the season, it shouldn't have that big of an impact. If he misses a couple games, I, I he will it will definitely have an um, impact. I think he'll, he could easily take a big step up this year. So I don't know how that's going to hinder that. Um, but the 49ers don't have the strongest receiver core. So that would be a huge loss for them. Well, without him, like, if he were to miss a few games, which is possible, because I think they said it was a Jones fracture, and other guys with Jones fractures have, like, had quite a few complications in, in times past. I mean, they claim that his isn't looking that difficult surgery-wise, and they think it'll it'll uh, heal just fine. But, I mean, I think him saying he'll only be out 10 weeks is pretty optimistic, and I trust the other people that are saying it'll be more like 12 to 14, and all of a sudden, you, or 12 to 16, and... 12 weeks from now, all of a sudden, that's a, that's middle, late August, like right around the end of the preseason. So, I mean, he's probably – he's going to miss at least the, like the entire preseason. So, I'm sure he'll, it'll take him a while to kind of get used to stuff. So, J.D., I said if I ever heard your dog barking while we were recording, I would kill you. Uh, anyway, um, where was I? Oh, yeah, without him, which is possible for the first few games, they have one of the worst receiving cores in football because they lost Emmanuel Sanders to free agency and they traded Marquise Goodwin to the Eagles. So without um, they got Pettis though. They got Pettis and they got Kendrick Bourne, bro. Like you, if that's I think that's his name. I might have butchered it, it but I think that's his it name. Is. You can't tell me that is not one of the worst receiving cores in football. Oh no, it definitely is. It, and I uh, think Garoppolo is one of the most overpaid quarterbacks in football. JD, do I have to come over there and kill the dog for you? No, there's just another dog walking. Gotta love it. All right. I mean, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how quickly he heals. But I think the 49ers offense could mightily struggle uh, if he misses a couple games. They are that run-heavy offense, though. So They are. I mean, we also got to look at uh, – I'm trying to pull it up right now. It also – you got to think about what teams they're playing the uh, first few weeks of the season. You know, are they good teams or not? Let's see. Oh, crap. Nope. The first – oh, the the 49ers might go 16-0. Holy crap, what is this? Their first few games of the season, Cardinals, Jets, Giants, Eagles, Dolphins. You, I feel like you severely underrate the Eagles when you talk about them, man. <sighs> Maybe, and you know – Still, their first three games, Cardinals, Jets, Giants, unless the Cardinals are ten times better than they were last year, like those should be three dubs for San Francisco. I can agree with that. It's be- the Cardinals game is in San Fran, too. The Jets and Giants is obviously in New York, because that works out nicely travel-wise. But, yeah, I mean, they should have they should have no problem winning two of those three games uh, without whatever his name is, who I still want to call. Oh, it is Debo Samuel. It is still- Debo I keep going back and forth between Debo and Curtis because, I don't know, I'm a bum who needs to have better football knowledge, I suppose. All right, J.D., what else did we want to talk about before uh, moving on to our weekly rankings? That was pretty much it. Oh, wait. 
we wanted to make a couple comments on COVID, didn't we? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. So, let's see. Cowboys, Texans, and now even a 49er have all been diagnosed with COVID, and now everyone's like, free NFL season may need to be delayed. What's your opinion on that, J.D.? I think that's an overreaction. Um, obviously, things are going to have to be heavily monitored during the season, and you will get some cases, but I don't feel like – I feel like the best way to approach this with expanded rosters so that – Assuming some people do get COVID, you can have replacements out there ready who have been on the team and, you know, practicing. Um, so you can just throw them in and it's not like, oh, well, we got to sign a new guy now or we got to shut down the league for blah, blah, blah. Like, there's just not contingencies in place. No, I, yeah, I'm struggling to, like, picture it. Like, what are they thinking? They're going to have such a tight-knit circle that all of a sudden nobody is going to get COVID? Like, that's impossible. Even with, like – the NBA is starting up again in Florida, supposedly at the end of July. First of all, Florida's getting killed by COVID the last week or two. Like it's pretty much the epicenter. It's become the new New York essentially. But uh, what are they thinking? Since they're all playing in a little Orlando bubble, like nobody's going to get COVID. Like, no, that's impossible. It's going to happen. And you know what? You, you kind of got to accept the fact that it's going to happen. We're going to have to quarantine people. We're going to have to do this and that. We need expanded rosters because we could be without five to 10 guys a week. Not because of COVID, or not because people have COVID, but purely because they have to quarantine while figuring out if they have COVID or not. So it's like, if you're willing to shut stuff down because of a few positive tests of COVID, sports is not going to be a thing all of 2020. Like, sports are dead for 2020 if a few positive cases is all it takes for them to want to shut it down. I agree. I mean, that's an overreaction. It's kind of what people have thought about the economy, right? Like some people are like, well, if you're not opening it now, like when are you going to open it? Like when there's a freaking vaccine. So it's kind of just like you, you kind of got to decide that you can't be that you can't be iffy on and be like, oh, maybe we'll have to see how COVID develops. We know how COVID's developing. It's not going away. It's worse than the cold for anyone that's, you know, above the age of 40 for the most part. Like you just got to decide, is it worth taking the risks or not? And every individual player in the NFL, NBA, any major league sport is also going to have to make their own decision. Is it worth the risk for me or not? Especially every coach who is considerably older than all the players for the most part going to have to make their own decisions about it. But you know what? You got to make that decision. You can't just keep weaning on the edge, you know, wondering what's going to happen. You need to just commit to something because, you know, a vaccine is not coming out till 2021. Yeah. And it, it, it feels kind of harsh the way I said it. I'm not saying you should play, you know. I'm not going to think anything less of the guys who decide not to play because they're scared of COVID. You know, that is an absolutely valid decision. But if you're the NFL or NBA, you got to man up and either say, we are done for the season or we are going to play at this starting date with these precautions set in place. Like, And the NFL is doing a better job of that than most. Like they're going on the assumption that they're going to play and they're trying to have put as many barriers in place as possible to like help stop the spread of COVID. Like the NFL is handling this far better than the NBA and the money hungry MLB. So at least there's that. Yeah, you, you can't be wishy washy on it. You can't be like, well, we'll do it, but oh, that one guy got us now we have to stop it. Now we can go back on. Now we can stop it. You know what I mean? Yep. I I think if there is a league that could handle this the right way, it is the NFL. Perhaps so. mainly because of their obsession with money, but. Obsession with money is currently ruining Major League Baseball. I would love to do just like a random little tidbit episode, like smaller 20-minute episode in the middle of the week where we just absolutely tear into MLB over these discussions. <laughs> and, oh, that would be so fun. Can we do that, JD? Just middle of the week, we decide we're going rogue. Screw the NFL for one day. We are going to just tear into Major League Baseball and these these negotiations they're having. Because it is just – don't you just hate seeing millionaires and billionaires fight over money? Yeah, it's the most it's the most idiotic thing in the world. Uh, but billionaires become billionaires for a reason. It's because they fight over every dollar. So yeah. Oh well, it is what it is. Do you want to move on to our uh, weekly rankings, JD? Let's do it. All right, I dig it. What are we doing this week, JD? We're doing the to- our top five defensive end rankings, and this does not count linebackers that rush. Yeah. So. Bob Miller. JD, you want you want to vent to our listeners a little bit about coaching me through the rankings earlier this morning? <laughs> yeah, so the, I was pausing this morning, and he's like, "Hey, hey, JD, what's a what's a defensive end, and what's a what's a four three? And I'm like, and he's like, "Name one team that has a four three. And I'm like, "Alex, the Cowboys run a four three. 
your favorite team, and and the Chargers run a four three. I mean, do you watch any games? <laughs> uh, I focus on the offensive side of the ball. What can I say? And come on, the difference between defensive ends and then those outside linebackers that just rush and the other types of defense. I mean, they all get sacks. That's their main purpose. Come on. They all have the same role in life. Well. Oh, well, you know what? Then continue to educate me, JD. You give me your top five first. Five to one. Let's hear it. All right. My number five. And this guy, I felt like it's a little early for him on, but he was just, he was so good last year. I'm like, let's do it. I got Nick Bosa. Any response to that? He's defensive player of the year, or not defensive player of the year. He's a defensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year. I have him higher than five, dude. What? Yeah. Wow. All, All right, right, keep on going. At number four, I have his brother, Joey Bosa. Okay. Number three, we got Daniel De- De- Hunter. Ooh. Who I debatably could have put higher, but I didn't. At number two, we got, I'm not going to say that. We got Miles Garrett. Uh huh. And then at number one, Cam, the man, Jordan. You did not do that to me. What? We have the exact same top two. Ugh. Well, I, I mean, thought I was so cool for putting Cam Jordan above my. I thought you were going to go Miles Garrett all the way at number no, one. No, Cam Just Jordan, dude, he's a beast. Cam Jordan's a consistent beast. That's the thing. He's much older than all these other guys on the list, and he has shown the consistency. It is not just one or two good years, one or two healthy years. He has been a beast for the better half of the last decade. Yeah, basically the whole decade. We're not going to have anything to debate about, J.D. We might have to find something else to fight over with our remaining time because we do not have too much. We don't have too much to fight over. What are Daniil Hunter's stats? Because I'm going to be honest, I left him out of my top five completely. He The last two years, he's had 14 and a half sacks each year. Okay. He's had um, 21 and 15 tackles for loss and 19 and 22 QB hits. Oof, that's that's pretty solid. I mean, and, and he's pretty young. I forgot he's only 25. That's literally, it's funny to think about, that's literally the same age as uh, T.J. Watt. <laughs> T.J. Watt's already 25. Yeah, and Daniel Hunter's been in the league for five years. Yeah, so just to outline a few names so people know that we're not just leaving even better guys off the list. Khalil Mack, not included. T.J. Watt, not included. Um, Aaron Donald's a D-tackle, obviously, so not included. Shaquille Barrett, Zadarius Smith. Uh, Chandler Jones not included. Chandler Jones was a tough one. Some people have him as a DN. Some people have him as a linebacker because the Cardinals have been changing their scheme. But we counted him as a linebacker, so he was not in this either. Neither was Vaughn Miller or Dante Fowler. Um, yeah, we will do a rankings of those guys in the future. Yeah, definitely. But this is just purely DN. So, you know, guys that are lining up on the line every single time and rushing the quarterback every single time. So, um, I guess I'll move on to my top five. Number five. I got Josh Allen out of Jacksonville. I Another just, rookie. He's he's a beast. He's only 22. He did great last season with a he uh 10 and a half sacks and 11 tackles for losses and all just in his rookie year where he according to this he only started four of the 16 games for whatever reason. I don't know what well, that was, but to to start just means you play the first snap of the game. Oh, so for some reason, he's not playing the first snap of the game for whatever reason. Gotta love it. But yeah, Josh Allen's my number one. I might be like a little biased there just because I, well, not biased, but like I might be letting the fact that he's so young like influence me, but I think he's going to be great. I watched I mean, him at Kentucky. He was a beast. This year would be a big tell because last year they had Ngakwe and um, Kalash Campbell. So that's why he wasn't starting all the time. That's true. Uh, so this year he'll really give the step up. It's yeah, it's gonna be up to him. Uh, wait, is Yannick Ngakwe still in the Jaguars and he wants to yeah. get traded? Yeah, that's what's he happening. Wants to be traded, yeah. That's what it is. Okay, number four, I got Joey Bosa just like you. Ooh. I think he's a beast. I wanted to put him higher, but because I think he might deserve to be higher. But the problem with the number of injuries he's dealt with in the first four years, I'm just like not positive he'll ever be a guy to like get 15 plus sacks in a season. I don't know how often he's gonna play 16 games in a season, so kind of held that against him. Number three, I got Nick Bosa. I He was a beast last year. Come on, his rookie year, and he did that. I, these rookie DNs were just something else last year, man. These two guys, Max Crosby, it was phenomenal to see. These two guys, names one that's not those two guys. Well, no, I named those two guys. They're in my top five, obviously. And then Max Crosby, another guy who isn't in our top five, but actually led all rookies in sacks. I mean, 
I mean, I just don't know how you can put two rookies in the top five DN rankings already. Like, even for me, I was, like, struggling with Nick Bosa because it's just one year. It's such a small sample size. But it's not like it was one year that came out of nowhere. He was a top three pick. People knew he was going to be phenomenal. He had a brother in the NFL that was phenomenal, and people thought he was better than Joey's. So, I mean. Yeah, but still, just because, I mean, it's just. He came into the NFL and dominated despite the fact that he pretty much sat out his last year of college because of a minor injury and wanting to make sure he didn't, like, get a bigger injury. So he literally had stayed away from football for an entire year, essentially. And he was still also on the D-line that had D Ford, DeForest Buckner, and um, Eric Armstead. That's true. He, he's on a great defense. But, you know, if we're going to hold that against guys, I mean, it, it's just not right to try and hold that against guys. You know, otherwise, you I know, why is my top five? I just think having, like, every single rookie on your top five is a little – little push in it max crosby's not in my top five despite leading in sacks calm down i'm not i'm not going crazy both both of my guys were top 15 picks that had great seasons i just like going with the youngsters calm down calm your booty down that's the most we had to really we really had to fight over though because two i got miles garrett and one i really thought i was gonna surprise you with this one but no we had the exact same both putting cam jordan at number one he's just been a beast this whole year huh yeah, he's he's just too good not to leave him out of the top. Not to put him, to, bleh, not to put him number one. Oh well, what you gonna do? I I probably should have put Daniil Hunter on the list instead of Josh Allen. As I look at it, he's kind of been a he's been a beast as well, and he definitely hasn't had the help. The Vikings do not have a great D line, so he has not had the help that uh Josh Allen did. But I'm gonna stick by putting Nick Bosa at three. I think he's gonna be even better than Joey Bosa, and you had Joey Bosa at four. So I mean, come on. Well, Joey Bosa does have more um, stats to back him, back him up. He does, but not a whole lot more because he's been injured a lot. He he's played two full seasons in four in four seasons. So only ha- only two of his four seasons have been full full seasons. That's yeah, not right. Like he only missed a quarter of the uh, of his rookie seasons. <laughs> only. <laughs> I mean, that is almost considered a small amount when it comes to the NFL, though, huh? Yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever. Okay. Um, anything else you want to talk about this week, JD? I don't, I don't think so. All right. Well, hopefully, um, next week or the week after we will, uh, might as well tell people this now before we sign off. Um, in the next couple of weeks, JD and I will be doing a live episode that will include us building our own ideal team, taking contracts into account and everything. We'll be building our entire team, you know, even backups, uh, offense and defense, kickers, punters, everything included. Um, it'll be live. We'll actually be in the same room for like the first time in our podcast's history. And uh, it'll be a fun thing to watch. So hopefully we have a lot of followers by then and people uh, tune in and give us their opinions. You know, it'll be live. So people who drop comments, you know, will be able to respond to those live on spot when they roast us for putting certain guys on our team over others. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It will be. I'll be visiting JD next week and we're not sure whether he's visiting me 4th of July or not. If, if he comes down to me in North Carolina, 4th of July week, uh, that is when we'll do it. But if that's not looking as likely, we will actually push it up and do it next week when I am at his place. Uh, But it'll be fun. Tell your friends and start following us on Instagram. Uh, weekly hot roots and uh we appreciate everyone uh jd you have a good week buddy you too man peace all right see you